Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 It's happening yet again. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted for the third time. Federal prosecutors have charged Donald Trump with conspiring to, se to seize a second term after losing the 2020 election, alleging a months-long campaign of deceit and abuses that ended with him sitting idly while his supporters, quote-unquote, attacked the Capitol. In a 45-page indictment unveiled on Tuesday, August 1st, Special Counsel Jack Smith charged Donald Trump with four felony counts, including conspiracy to defraud the United States and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment also accused Donald Trump of trying to exploit the violent January 6, 2021 assault on Congress to continue his efforts to cling to power. Special Counsel Jack Smith's indictment of former President Donald Trump on Tuesday, August 1st, matched what has become a familiar pattern. Trump is indicted on the same day as or the day after bad news, bad legal news emerges about President Joe Biden and his family. This has happened four times already. In April, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg indicted Trump on charges related to hush money payment in 2016 on the same day that former Biden aide Kathy Chung testified at the House Oversight Committee that the, that the White House version of events regarding Biden's mishandling of classified documents was wrong. In particular, the documents were not kept in a locked closet at the Penn Biden Center, and Biden's attorneys had begun retrieving them in May 2022, not November of 2022. In June, Smith indicted Trump in Miami for alleging, allegedly retaining White House documents, including classified documents. On the same day, lawmakers revealed that Joe and Hunter Biden had received payments of $5 million each from the corrupt Ukrainian energy company Burisma. The lawmakers had viewed a report recorded on a form known as FD-1023, in which bribes were described by a trusted FBI informant. The news was drowned out by the first historical federal indictment of a former president. Later the same month, Smith filed a superseding indictment in the, quote, documents case, the day after Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea bargain with federal prosecutors in Delaware fell apart in court. Under the agreement, Hunter Biden was to have accepted a guilty plea for two tax misdemeanors and a diversion program for a gun violation. But the judge questioned a provision that had shielded Hunter Biden from further prosecution of his financial dealings, in which President Biden may have been involved. On Tuesday, August 1st, Smith filed his indictment against Trump relating to his attempts to contest the 2020 presidential elections. The indictment came the day after former Hunter Biden business associate Devin Archer testified at the House Oversight Committee that Hunter Biden had put his father on the telephone with Hunter's business associates, that Hunter Biden had been hired by Burisma to influence then-Vice President Joe Biden to stop a prosecutor, and that Hunter Biden had made money from China. In addition, Tuesday morning's headlines in a variety of outlets led with the news that polls were showing that Trump was not only likely to win the Republican presidential nomination, but that he could defeat President Biden in a rematch in November of 2024. This timing could be sheer coincidence, as the two investigations are running in parallel. However, the timing has made it much harder for Attorney General Merrick Garland to convince Americans that his department is not carrying out a political agenda. Number 2 in an interview with Newsmax, Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu stated that the Biden administration's efforts to revive a nuclear deal with Iran, Israel's most dangerous enemy in the Middle East, 
will not deter his nation's approach to dealing with the Islamic Republic. Quote, whether without a deal, whether without an understanding, whether without a maxi deal or a mini deal, Israel will do what it needs to defend itself by itself against the threat of Iran to annihilate it with nuclear weapons, Netanyahu told Rob Schmidt tonight. The Biden administration has been actively working to re-enter the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the JCPOA nuclear deal that the U.S. withdrew from during the Trump administration, and this has been a major concern for Israel. According to a report by Israeli news outlet Haaretz, on July 14th, the Biden administration has tentatively agreed with Iran that it would not enrich uranium beyond 60% and would not reach the 90% level required for manufacturing nuclear weapons. In exchange, the U.S. would lift its opposition to the release of Iranian assets worth $20 billion held in various countries. However, the State Department has denied the existence of such an imminent deal. Quote, I have a long-standing view on all these deals and agreements with Iran or the previous JCPOA and other agreements of lesser magnitude, Netanyahu said. I think that any deal with Iran that doesn't set back Iran's nuclear infrastructure is basically not worth it because it means nothing. They basically take what you give them, but they don't set back. They don't roll back the capacity to produce nuclear weapons or the components of nuclear weapons. So you, you really get nothing for it. And my view hasn't changed. I can't tell you whether such a deal will be advanced. It may. And so my views are the same whether or not it's advanced, says Netanyahu. Number three. About eight years ago, a husband disappeared from his home without any warning, leaving his wife Anaguna, unfortunately. The woman, a member of the Ethiopian community, appealed to the Tel Aviv rabbinical court, and the case was transferred to the Agunas department. Rabbi Alon Ganusa, a member of the community, contacted the Ethiopian authorities and used intelligence and diplomatic means to try and locate the husband. The search revealed that the man had immigrated to Canada, but Canadian authorities could not locate him. Rabbi Nagosana surmised that the man was not in Ethiopia and had somehow crossed the border into Sudan, where bitter civil warfare is taking place. Using covert intelligence methods, including security services, it was determined that the man was indeed in Sudan. Israeli intermediaries managed to reach the danger zone in Sudan where they found the person and assured him that if he would grant his wife a get, they would vouch for his safety if, the, if he first returned to Ethiopia. The man agreed and crossed the border into Ethiopia. And at this point, members of the foreign ministry, the Israeli consul, and the Jewish agency got involved, as Ethiopian, as Ethiopian authorities claimed that he was an illegal immigrant for seven years and would have to pay $2 a day for every day he had lived there illegally. With the assistance of the Israeli officials and the Agunas department, a solution was found, which would enable the man to give a get and get back to Israel, as long as the get was given when he was still in Ethiopia. Rabbi Zavadia Cohen of Tel Aviv summoned the woman on Wednesday morning, August 2nd, and performed the get using an emissary as well as technology which enabled the man to give a get and release his wife. The director of the rabbinical courts, Rabbi Eli Ben-Dahan, praised the Agunas department and said that they, quote, proved time after time that no matter how far or how dangerous the journey to release a woman from her status, the court will always stay with her until the goal is achieved. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.